recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 79 was recorded live August 25th, 2011. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson, and some of the items we're going to have this week in the news, we have a bridge to the past, part two, scuba gear stolen, Kate Moss doesn't quite finish her scuba certification, muscles being transported, and where you can dive with whale bones. And this week we have with us, uh, co-hosting, we have Claire, the dive bunny. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm very well. How are you guys? Doing great. And we also have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? Very good, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, hopefully, everybody got some good dives in uh, over the last week. Oh yeah. And what we're going to do is we'll get started right on into the news. The first article. This is the third week in a row we've had uh, a follow-up on this article, but this is that bridge, Mac. If you remember. Yes, I'm sort of glad to see this. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And uh, they've gotten so much response from the first article that they, they went and posted some second. It's just a little follow-up, not as much detail as in the first one. You can go back to our show notes from uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, see the details they had. But uh, this is uh, Lake, uh, oh, and I don't have the pronunciation guide with me, Berryessa. Uh, and uh, it was originally a creek that they flooded, and they had that stone bridge. So they've had, uh, they're thanking all the people for contacting the dive team with information suggestions, and they actually had somebody who had old survey maps provide them exact GPS coordinates of the bridges uh, in that area. So that, that gives us a good indication that sometime over the next six months, provided conditions hold up for them when they dive, they'll be able to get down there and uh, take a look. And I love that one blow-up, if you look at that photo, Mac, where it says it shows the, the town of Monticello and the Puta uh-huh. Creek Stone Bridge. Yeah, I'm looking at all the maps. I, if I were that guy, I'd be excited because now you got a lot of targets, not just the one. Yeah. And then look at the the accuracy of the coordinates. I mean, with that, you should just about be able to drop an anchor with a buoy on it and go right yeah, on down. Absolutely. The only thing uh, missing is uh, estimated depth. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully whatever you're diving off of is going to have a depth finder and should give you a in- good indication. Uh, as we, what, what did we find out last week? Was it, uh, or a couple of weeks ago? Was it about 250, 300? Uh, as I recollect, I went back through and got the depth, and that was max was in that 200, 250 area, I thought. So, and that looks to be in a, you know, like mid range or mid, midstream there. So that could be one of the deepies, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true because that would be farther on down the, the canyon, but they were tech divers. So that should be within their, their range of, depth other than what was the altitude did we did we ever figure that out uh we did at the time but i don't remember what it is because then i'd have to recalculate for the for that aspect yeah yeah so that, that's neat, that's so. the other part of it so very interesting so hopefully we'll have some more follow-up on that coming up uh yeah, the next they'll make it and, and take some pictures that'd be cool yeah or, or even better yet video love to see some video of that yeah uh, this next one is just a short blurb on scuba gear stolen from home uh, this was an Illinois 
someone stole $2,000 in scuba gear during a burglary Sunday and the 2700 block of Keats Drive happened between 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. It's unclear how the burglar got access to the phone. In addition to the scuba gear, there was $200 in cash, a camera, a notebook, computer, and an iPad. Total value of everything taken was $4,000. But did you see what the scuba gear is? It's $2,000 in dive camera. I can believe that. Yeah, just a, a, a you know a camera and a housing. You're at two thousand dollars. Still must be a serious camera. Mm. Yeah, and to the person who stole it, they probably didn't even care. Yeah, SLR. Maybe it's video nope. camera actually, because they're really expensive. I'd be keeping a look on eBay. Yeah, keep keep an eye out. Well, it seems like that should be. Uh, I'm, I'm not knowing anything about housings, but it seems like uh, with uh, underwater housings, there might be a serial number or something that should be fairly unique. Certainly, the camera should. This next one is lost and found. 71-year-old scuba diver covers items dropped in the lake. Uh, this oh. is from Ralph Rippey and his son have been recovering items from Port Washington's harbor for free for more than 20 years. Um, what started off as a hobby, uh, he said he started diving in 1957. We've been covering items in Port Washington for the last 23, 24 years. If somebody drops something in the harbor, we go after it for them. Ralph and his son, Mike, who also dies, offer the service for anyone who loses something in the water for free. The project started out as a way to help fishermen who lose gear on buoys that mark shipwrecks off the Port Washington coast. Now, Mac, I thought that was interesting because I wonder if that might prevent some of the buoy loss that we've been having. I don't know. You know, maybe that's something that we put up in some of the dive shop, the bait shops and say, if you lose your lure on a buoy, call us. We'll go out there and we'll pick it up and return it. Well, I, saw that, but I, I don't think we'd do that much, not for the kind of stuff that we had. But no, I, I, but I never thought of that. Lose gear on a buoy, unless you were saying, like you say, snagged on the on the chain or something. I hadn't really thought of that. Yeah. Well, I, I hadn't either, but I, because I, we'll lose buoys. And what we think happens is somebody, you know, somebody's trolling and they have their dipsy divers, uh, you know, troll lines out there and they're, they run into that line and they, you know, they lose a, third twenty thirty dollar rig and they think well i'll show you guys and so they'll go over and cut that buoy well if he cuts ours he's after going to go down another eight feet in the water yeah well i I, if if that because if we on the other hand of it you can also fight armor with armor we could always put a little chain lead on some of those buoys and that'll make it a little bit tougher for him to cut but then that means you got to put a bigger buoy up yeah i i can see doing this for you know dropping something off a pier but to to take a, a trip out to a buoy to get gear I mean, Good Samaritan is one thing, but that's expensive. Yep. And then uh, he says they would always try to find somebody. If you could find a diver, it was 100 to $200 just to get him there. If we do it for nothing, it's not really a loss. It helps the harbor out, too. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, he, we had, sorry. Go ahead. No, we had something similar happen um, this week over here. A guy, that couple on honeymoon, and the guy lost his wedding ring. And they, they were just swimming and they came to the dive center. They said, if anyone finds it, just, it's, it's ours. So can you give it back to us? And no, I'm not expecting anything. So the owner of our dive center said, right, okay, anyone on that beach who wants to dive free in the afternoon can have a free tank, but you've got to promise us you're going to look for this wedding ring. And they found it. Wow. And the woman was absolutely blown away. She, no. Almost fainted, sobbing, so bowled over. You, you can't actually place the actual ring, can you? No. So I think stuff like this is great. You know, that's another little bonus of diving, like all the, the bottles and the bits and pieces that you get, Mac. It's incredible what you find down there. 
Right. That's absolutely amazing. Mm. But uh, around here, I think what normally happens, if you lose something, people head in the dive shops. I won't mention any names, but I think the dive shops will actually charge you and go out looking. Yes, they do. Yeah. I guess if you're having to send a boat out and organize a special trip, it's it's going to add up, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're in, they're in there for a business. You know, they they have a you know a shop, and you know they they're going to have to go out and take a tank. And I, I think if you don't charge for it, and you know, you're not going to recover any of your expense. You know, you'd hope that somebody would go. Well, I know you didn't want to charge anything. Here's twenty bucks for your effort, or you know, a, a you know, a yeah. gift card to a meal. But uh, I think that probably happens less often than not. And and normally, Mac, what is it people around here are going for? It's normally like lost keys or sunglass or eyeglasses. Yeah, I've done a number, and it's it's fun to do because then the the club gets credit for being a good guy, and yeah. everybody always offers to pay you. But it's like you said, if you're already out there, it's no big deal. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So great, but uh, so that's that's an interesting thing. Nice thing that they're they're doing for people who lose stuff. This next one is Kate Moss put scuba diving certificate on hold, and I thought this one was a little interesting. It makes you wonder what kind of training program that she has had the opportunity to go to that for went, scuba diving. Yeah, that went through my mind as well. Because it sounds like uh, you know, because she had gone through the class and then was just getting to the open water, mm-hmm. and she got spooked by a fish. <clears throat> And then it sounds like it almost sounds like the people around her really aren't that supportive, uh, trying to scare yeah. her. So as yeah, the story goes, uh, yeah, she uh, at first she took mistook a big fish for a shark, which earned herself a nickname Skate Moss. She then was told you can't drink like a fish before a dive. So uh, the supermodel pulled the plug on scuba diving course with her holiday uh, during her holiday with her husband Jimmy Hentz and pals in the south of France. Uh, she was warned that drinking alcohol within 12 hours of, hours of a dive increases the risk of excess nitrogen in the blood, body and decompression sickness. Kate put her open water certificate on hold. Instead, she suggested cracking open the bubbly around the yacht, uh, loaned by pal Sir Philip Green, who I have no idea who half these names are. But uh, what, what was just make, what was making me think is if you had gone through all the book class, the alcohol part should have been covered in that. So you shouldn't be discovering that. After you've done your first open water dive. Yeah. And then, you know, they said the final straw when she was told she couldn't touch alcohol within 24 hours of a dive as it would dehydrate her. And I'm not advocating drinking within 24 hours, but, you know, know, it's like all things. It's it's a risk condition. It doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, there's such a thing as moderation also. Well, right. Yeah. If you're getting, I mean, if you're getting sloshed, then, you know, that's, that's not having a drink within 24 hours. That, that's going to cause problems. Uh, but a post, uh, post dive beer, sort of, you know, when you get back to the dive center, I think a lot of people do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would resemble that a, 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 a little bit. So again, we're not advocating that you, you know, you, you take your own risk into account, but, uh, you know, they, it sounds like they really had her scared and then, uh, uh, the prospect of getting the bends terrified her, so she she put her certificate on hold. Now, and that drink. Well, that makes you wonder how how much she's going to drink, and then like an open water, you you're not going that deep, are you? You're going like 20, 30 yeah. feet. No, uh, oh, feet was. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Ten. First, yeah, sorry. The first dive is twelve meters, which is what nine feet, ten feet. 
Uh, no, 90. Uh, 12 meters would be feet. about 36. Yeah, that's 6 feet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, it's, there's risk there, but it's not, you know, if you're in good condition and properly hydrated and, you know, take, you know, doing things the right way, you should be okay. But yeah, um, that's terrible. I mean, hope, yeah, I, I like to see celebrities get into scuba diving. I think it just makes it that much more of an attractive sport, helps get people out there so, diving. So maybe they'll be able to get her back in the water. She's been diving before, it says. She's been snorkeling before and dived a bit. So you'd have thought all the scary bits were dealt with for her, really. Yeah, that, that uh, makes me almost think she had probably gone through, uh, you know, called a resort course where just, you know, went out and blew bubbles for a while and now she was going back getting a certification. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure she's probably done like just a Discover Scuba or, or just maybe even an intro. But um, I just think it's a shame because it, it almost sounds like the fact that they say she shouldn't touch alcohol within 24 hours, either maybe they were thinking we need to be a bit strict here because she needs to appreciate the dangers, or they're just not being very supportive. Right. Yeah, plus we don't know her personally. Maybe she drinks like a fish and well, yeah, uh, needed a little bit of scariness. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The, the next article we, we really won't cover on the show, but I'll put in the show notes. I, it was interesting to uh, follow around or as I was looking around for articles and it was an article from Macworld on digital photography and how to take great shots underwater. So I thought that was an interesting article uh, that I'm certainly going to go back through and read later on. Mm. If there's something I can learn from it's one of the, it's one of my next things up on my to-do list after uh, dry suit is uh, get a camera and start taking some photos. And then we have um, Muscles on the Move. Uh, last week we had the article down in Texas where they did a survey and were trying to decide if they needed to move muscles or not that were endangered. And here we actually have them in Ohio where they actually did have to be moved. Uh, Dayton, Ohio scientists worked three days to relocate dozens of freshwater mussels out of the way of an interstate highway bridge project in southwest Ohio. Several species of self Shellfish found in Ohio are classified as endangered by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. The Dayton News reports a team led by a biologist using scuba gear gathered freshwater mussels last week from an area in the Great Miami River in Dayton where piers for the new I-75 bridge were going in within months. Normally it's illegal to remove the mussels from Ohio waterways, though exceptions had to be made for scientific reasons. An Ohio Department of Transportation spokesman said the mussels were taken to an area upriver where they'll be monitored to see how they're surviving. So, I didn't see anywhere where they said how many mussels they found. You mean they found or they're going to move? No, they, uh, they've already moved it. So this this article talked about that they had already moved the, moved the mussels. So they're now at the monitoring stage. Now, it was called the elk toe, E-L-K toe mussels. Considered a special interest in Ohio because it's endangered and its numbers could drop further. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Let me go down here real quick. Uh, one of the threats for mussels in that state or for that comes from mussel poachers who steal them under the cover of night from the state waterways. 
They're ground up and used in Asian artificial pearl industry. They're used in the artificial pearl industry. Yeah. So they take in their mouth or in their in their place and then they form the pearl over it. So the, but so they use one muscle stuck into another muscle to do yeah, one irritant and then they coat it and that's how the pearl starts. Huh. And they said the muscle was found last week in the Great Miami or thick shell and not the thick shell creatures sought by poachers. This is it. Quite an interesting. I did the, uh, add a link from yours. Yeah. And that's where we talked about the type of muscle because I was curious what type it is and why it's a big deal. And part of their uh, migration pattern to have dams there in Ohio. And that's also interfering with being able to get get them to travel from one end to the next of the, of the river stream and uh, multiply. If you didn't have the dams, it would make that easier for the multiplication, because it separates them. So, I mean, I don't picture mussels, you know, scooting around. But they must spawn up and down stream somehow? Yeah. And if, if, if it's blocked by dams, they can't get their larvae any further than the dam. Yeah. That's what it's like. Well, this next one up is underwater hockey gains speed in the U.S. And this is a little bit different than the underwater hockey. I, I, I've heard of three different types of underwater hockey. This one is being is done with uh, snorkels, and they got like a little stick and a puck, and they're playing. Uh, the puck, a stick, and a goal sounds like a typical game of hockey, but a mass snorkel and fins and pool. And you get hockey with an underwater twist. Uh, 28 years ago, uh, Bridget Grimm attended scuba diving class. Her instructor demonstrated a new game and involved moving a hockey puck around underwater. I thought, does anyone actually play this game? But after one practice, I fell in love with it, and that's it. So they now have underwater hockey teams. We've actually played that. Yeah, we played that at the YMCA. This the same game? Yeah, it, we didn't use snorkels, but you'd have a team on both sides of the, the pool, and you'd have the puck on the bottom, and you'd have the little shovel board things. Mm-hmm. And you go down, and you can move it, and the other guy would come down and knock you out of the way. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be fun. I'm always looking for uh, underwater sports. But this is the third type of underwater hockey that I've I've seen. So, and I wasn't aware of this particular one. I'd, we had had the underwater hockey that is done in ice diving, where people actually go under the ice. Yes, they play ice hockey. Yep. And then yes. in Europe, they've got it. You, you remember that one where they were, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was um, where they would actually hold their breath. Well, that's that's the one I know um, yeah. in Denmark. But this one, it looks like they have to hold their breath because obviously they're snorkels, but they have to go down to the bottom of the pool. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the European one. Yeah. Great breath hold diving. Yeah, it give you some good practice. Mm. Oh, it'll build you up real quick. That'll drown you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, a little side effect there. <sighs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> the details, details. 
Okay, and then to wrap things up, we have Where to Swim Between Giant Whale Bones. And this one is uh, actually in remnants of Canada's whaling industry from the late 19th century until 1972 when the moratorium on commercial whaling was imposed. About 20,000 whales were taken for oil, meat, and fertilizer in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, rather than study grainy black-and-white photos at Artifacts Museum, they don scuba diving gear and dive at the former whaling station. So uh, the, the photo that they show is just absolutely huge, giant whale bones that they're, they're swimming in. Makes you realize how big they are, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. They just, just have to be huge. <laughs> how come they don't have uh, stuff attached to the bones? You, what do you mean in the picture? Well, yeah, no, no, and like barnacles and stuff. I mean, if you got bones on the bottom and stuff, why wouldn't sea life attach to the bones? I don't know. That's a good question. They're really because quite clean. They've got some sponges, haven't they, but nothing else. Yeah, just a few little bits. So maybe it has to do with, uh, I mean, and they don't look all that deep either. Of course, they are with doubles. Huh, that'd be interesting to find out. But they also have a link from there if you want to go and dive the bones. Then there's somebody who will, who will take you out. And then we have the video of the week. This one is a little bit shocking. Uh, and we'll have a link in the show notes for this. I will have to look at that because I can't believe he didn't do anything. And Is there any follow-up up on the video itself? Uh, well, the video, the, the person who did the video is a dive operator down there. And he, uh, somebody actually tagged me on the video said, hey, take a look at this. So that's a good way of giving leads out to stories. Um uh, the, the video was posted two days ago by Jim Abernathy Scuba Adventures. Where's that at? Uh, that's down in Florida. Let's see if we can get a, an actual location. Uh, West Palm Beach. Okay. So he owns a dive charter, and he posted the video. And uh, you can. And he was he was a little ticked. And it sounds like I mean I, I we probably should. I'll, I'll email him this week and see if we can get some sort of comment. But. Uh, from the the comments related to it, it sounds like he went to the sheriff and they went, oh, well. Interesting. I'm looking at the picture now, and it almost looks like there's a, by, a person by the one flag on the left. Yeah, there were people up on the That's surface. That's two people on the surface. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know there's, a, there's an issue with a navigable waterway that you cannot obstruct traffic, because I've had conversations with the Coast Guard on that before, in rivers. Because mm-hmm. if you got a 100-foot they got to be, you know, from your flag, and the river is not but 90 feet. You're blocking traffic, and you yeah. can't legally do that. That's why at St. Clair, we put the flag on one entry point, one at the opposite point, and you just don't come up until you get there. I'm just curious how that stands, since that looks like a, a normal waterway. I'm, I'm not sure how that works. And I also see another dive flag off to the left. It looks like it's in that piling group in the middle. Mm-hmm. Near the rail, it looks like there's a dive flag over there. I, I counted, I thought three dive flags when I watched I, the video. That's what I see here, three. Yep. And, and that centerboard on a on a sailboat, man, that can do some damage to you. Oh, they're they're lead. I mean, I had a sailboat, and that was a swing keel, and that was, you know, 1,900 pounds of lead all the way down. You know, now navigating the river, you most likely would have it up, but there's nothing saying that you would. And he's operating under power, so he that's. He's got a prop, you know, churning yeah. away back there, or at the minimum, a little outboard. And there's three channels here. He's and picking the channels with the divers 
in it. I mean, he could take the, the main navigation channel, which there is another sailboat that travels through that during the minute and a half on the video, but he came over there and just went over the divers. So to me, I, I, I'd say dive flag or not, this is kind of like, you know, if you're driving down the road and there's bicyclists on the side, you just run them over because, you know, what the hey, you know, I'm, I'm driving. It'd be very curious to do a follow-up on this. It also looks, I mean, if you've got divers at the surface, they're probably at the end of their dive as well, so you've probably got people doing safety stops along here. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, go ahead and check out the video, and, you know, hopefully we'll get some more information. And, uh, you know, just in the last three days, they've had 2,400 views of the video. Well, hopefully if somebody out there hears about it and has some comments, we'll hear about it also. That'd be good if they did. I definitely love that. If you have a lead on a story, go ahead and send it to us. You can send it to our email address at this show at scubaobsessed.com and we'll take a look at it. And iTunes hasn't been behaving with me this week. I, we had a five-star review that somebody graciously put up and I can't, I've been trying to get to it for about the last hour and iTunes has just hung up. It's a uh, patch day on iTunes. So be forewarned when you, when you sync your iTunes your next time, it's going to want to uh, install a patch. And that does it for the scuba and the news. Now we'll head on to the dives last week. And it's been a couple weeks since you were on, Claire, so you must have some amazing dives to talk about. Um, I've actually been teaching a lot. So I haven't been out on the, the big, dramatic reefs. So it's been quite, yeah, it's been good fun. I've, um, did I tell you about the shark that I saw locally? I've seen a couple of mantas and sharks. I'm sure that was just when I last saw you. We'd had some random sightings on one, some of our more gentle dives. That was really cool. You know, swimming along with students and then you go, oh, banter. <laughs> yeah. So that slightly ruins dive, them for diving. Yeah, for, you, you get to see the, those big items right away and then they expect yeah, to see Yeah, and then, you know, they come back again and say another time in the winter and they go, well, where have the mantas gone? Well, they're not here in winter. But um, then we've been doing, I've been doing, this week, actually, I've been guiding a couple doing some beach dives. We've got a beach diving package going on, and you do a couple of dives in the morning off the beach. We've got three dive centres in Sharm, all located on different beaches, and it's been really lovely. We've had some great dives. They're both very good divers, so I wasn't really having to worry about their ability in the water at all. And they're both photographers, so I spent the whole dive. They'd be pootling around one little bit of reef and I'll be looking for the next item that they could photograph. So that was really enjoyable. Um, didn't Again, didn't see any big stuff, but some of the stuff around at the moment is very, very pretty. We've got a little barge that's located off our Nama Bay dive centre, the Hilton Fay Ruse, and it's about, only sits at about seven metres it's got the sunshine coming down on it. It's surrounded with glassfish. You've got cleaner shrimp sitting on the side of the barge and loads of coral on it. And the, we saw it yesterday and it was there was a whole like hunting frenzy going on with poor little glassfish being chased by a couple of snappers, and not snappers, uh, trevallies and jackfish. That was really cool. And it was going on for about 15 minutes. It's kind of circling them and running out of the way so that was really cool and I was going to tell you about the wedding ring but I've already told you about that another item not so much diving was yes day before yesterday 
bearing in mind our beaches, obviously by the hotels and dive centres, are relatively busy beaches, but they've been a bit quieter more recently. And a whole load of turtles hatched. So um, there's a dive centre called Umbi Diving, Umbi Dive Divers at Sharks Bay. And they suddenly saw these turtles. They're like, oh my God. And yeah, they hatched and scooted down to the water's edge. And that's just something we don't see on the public beaches anymore because obviously people are on the beaches. They didn't know that this turtle's nest was there for the last two months. And they were all scuttled off and got off to freedom. And apparently there's some more eggs that they reckon will hatch in about another week. So that's quite cool. And yeah, it's just been, the course-wise, it's been quite challenging. I think you commented on one of my blog posts. Um, I've, I've had really keen students, but there's been a couple of people who've had some real problems. So it's been quite good to actually have to rack my brain and try and think of all the different things I can say to explain how to how to work something, you know, when, when you're teaching people the first rudimentary parts of like just thinning along, you know, and sometimes it doesn't always drop straight away, sometimes people aren't a natural fish, and that's quite, in a way, quite cool, in a way, hard work at the time, but very rewarding when you actually see the penny drop and they go, ah, oh, that's how it works. So that's been quite cool this week, obviously, a couple of weeks, last week, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. People have different motivations for learning how to dive, and that definitely affects you know what their yeah. tolerance is. Yeah, we had a family of five, and um, one girl was like a fish. The mother w was the one who wanted to do it, like a fish. And the other two started off really, we weren't sure if they wanted to do it at all. And um, very, very intelligent girls, and the minute they went underwater, it was like, They've left their brain on the surface. And they really struggled to start with. By the end of it, street ads, they did really, really well. We were very proud of them. Now, you said you had some photographers. Were they already certified divers and just needed a guide? Yeah. There is actually, I was very spoiled, one of the guys has already worked out here a couple of years ago, but because he's no longer, you have to be a member of a body called the CDWS, which is the Chamber of Diving and Water Sports, and you have to be a paid-up member of them in order to take people in the water here. And more safety to do with basicness of the video that you just showed. And there are certain places where you really cannot ascend and descend because we have a lot of boat traffic. And there was an accident a few years ago, so there's a rule that you have to have a current CDWS member in the water with you. We can't let people just go off fun diving on their own in buddy teams. So they have to have a guide even if they know the area. So essentially I was there just to make sure that they didn't forget the, the right areas to ascend and descend and that they followed the um, conservation rules and things like that. He was, as I said, he was an instructor and his other half was advanced with ooh, quite a few dives under her belt. Oh, well over 100, 150 dives under her belt. And so, yeah, I didn't have any teaching to do to them. I just, it's my job to be in the water with them so that they didn't come into any trouble. And also, you know, my job as well to find stuff for them to photograph and lead the way so that they didn't get lost. Sounds like that could be a fun dive. That was a fun dive. I had three days with them. Uh, so it was three days of fun dives, actually. Very, and really nice people as well. That always makes it very nice.
And then, Mac, you, you got uh, some dives in this week. Well, yeah, but so did you. Yeah. Do, do, we, want, do, we, do we want to start with the uh, Lake Michigan this last weekend? Yeah, we uh, and, and maybe that's what we'll call, we'll call the title of the show. Jim uh, Schultz had an excellent quote. He said, a, a great day for a dive, but a bad day for a boat ride. So yeah. uh, we, we went out. We had two boats. I started out on uh, Bob Sweeney's boat, uh, which is a, what, about a 19-foot Zodiac. And uh, we we knew we were in trouble because it, it seems you, you got a good indication when you, you come up to the pier there and the waves are bouncing off the sides of the pier and you get some chop coming from every different direction. And it was supposed to be one to three all day, not building, not falling. Uh, so we get out there in the Zodiac and uh, the waves were what we call unorganized. There, uh, you got some waves that had coming from the north, some coming from the south. So it might be one to three, but when they occasionally cross in just the right order, you can get that, that big monster of a five-foot wave. So it made for quite a rough boat ride out. Luckily, the Zodiac is cushioned, so it's, uh, if you ride on the sides, you can bounce your way out there. Um, so uh, how many boats did we have? We had three. Did we have uh, – we had uh, Jim Schultz was out there, Ken was out there, uh, Bob, myself, and Kirk all out on three different boats. And we had been out the the Wednesday before, so just about what was that? About a well, it was last week just before the show, so uh, about four days before we had been out, and visibility was literally you know three to five feet at best. Uh, the lake had turned over. We had had the thermocline, you know, we had some little bit of rough weather and the water being warm and everything was all mixed up, so it was nice and warm almost all the way down to the bottom, but it did a number on visibility, so. Uh, I got down to the bottom, and I was pleasantly surprised. The thermocline was about 7 feet above the bottom at about 65 feet, and it went from the 70s into, uh, I don't, can't remember what the final number was, but it was the 50s, which was actually quite comfortable with a dry suit. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot uh, on the bottom that we hadn't seen before. Did a little bit of uh, surveying and measuring, but it was, uh, the, it was nice to have visibility. Now, visibility, we weren't back up to our 50 to 100 feet. I would put it in the 15 to 18 foot range, maybe. I'm, I'm probably being a little generous. Some people are going to call it five to six feet, but uh, it, it was nice. It was nice to see the visibility came back, and we hadn't lost it for all year. Uh, I came back up to the surface, and uh, the buoy was a weapon. We have a subsurface buoy about nine feet below the surface, and the boats are tied off to that, and that was moving back and forth in the water five feet uh, oscillating so uh, if you got your head in the wrong spot that buoy would just about knock you out uh, got back up on the boat and I don't get seasick but I can definitely wasn't feeling comfortable and I was glad to do my surface interval and get back in the water uh, went down and I was able to get about 22 minutes on the bottom and then I was within five minutes of going into uh, deco needing to do a deco stop so I came up and gradually uh, stayed ahead of Deco and came out. But two excellent dives. Uh, every Everybody had a great time. And uh, the boat ride on the way back was even worse than the way in. I had switched boats. Bob and Kurt went in on their boat. So I came back in with Jim Schultz on his. So, But uh, overall, a, a nice dive on, on a wreck. I, uh, did you take a look at the picture I posted? That yes, that, that picture. If you go to mudclub.scubaobsessed.com, you can see the photo. And I would say at that moment, the boats are almost perpendicular. One boat's going down a trough, one boat's coming up. So 
we had some waves. And then you, Mac, you said that you uh, uh, were trying to get a shot of us. There's a while there where you were ahead of us. And when we were coming off the waves, uh, we were completely airborne. Yeah, that was a real good shot. Unfortunately, I didn't get that one. But it's like, it was an awesome look, though. It looked good, but it must have hurt when it landed. There were a few of them where everything on the boat that wasn't attached down jumped when it hit. There was some rough. Because it's 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 like, uh, you know, driving your car off a four-foot cliff. You know, when you hit, and, you know, water's kind of soft, but. That be, I mean, we we broke chairs in the boat <laughs> with on the way back in. I'm sure Jim has some repairs he had to do this week. But it was fun. It was fun. It was nice to get out. Uh, you know, just beautiful. Uh, the vis the now the visibility above the water was very clear. Did you happen to notice that, Mac? Uh, yes. Where we were, you could see the St. Joe Pier at the same time. You could see Michigan City, Indiana. Yeah. So, and I don't remember, it's been a long time since I've seen it out where we were that clear. We could see both of them. Couldn't quite see Chicago skyline, but uh, some excellent uh, visibility. Yeah, beautiful days out there. Yeah, so looking forward to it. We might, we might get out again uh, this weekend on that or, uh, or well, something uh, else. They're hoping to get out tomorrow. We'll get a call tomorrow at 10 o'clock to see if we can do something in the afternoon. Uh, I think Saturday's going to be out because it's supposed to be really nasty again on the lake, which means back to the river. But uh, and then maybe Sunday, but it's one of those play by ears. Yeah. Just keep, just keep your gear ready. I'll keep my gear ready. Yeah, Saturday might go ahead, Claire. Have your box packs and ready to go. Oh yeah, it's it's always ready to go. We it's have like, an outfit called the Minute Men. That means be available for a minute's notice when going diving. <laughs> What I do is I have everything in the back of my, I have a Ford Explorer SUV. Everything's in the back, and I could just, at any moment, just stop somewhere, throw my gear on, and take a dive. And it it comes in quite handy. Especially, uh, I work in the town where they're going to, where they typically launch the boat, which is about 25, 30 minutes from home. So if I do get the opportunity to dive after work, it saves about an hour of travel by having that gear with me. Always looking for an angle. But uh, now you didn't go diving with us on the weekend because you were getting over a little bit of a cold and sinus, but you did get some diving in this week, didn't you, Mac? Well, I'm being conservative for deep stuff, especially last week, but I'm a little better. But uh, yeah, I, I got in a, a good bit of river gu- stuff. Get my tongue working. River grubbing this week because we got Berrien Springs. We went uh, in the river there for three days last week looking for bottles. Uh, then on the 20th, we got to Indian Lake and did some metal detecting uh, between lightning storms. Uh, maybe we weren't quite as smart as we should have been. And then when the storm actually ran us off the lake, uh, we went to Niles and then did the river there, the St. Joe River running through Niles. And uh we found some interesting stuff that might be more interesting about a month from now. We'll talk about that later. Not here, though. Uh, then again, yesterday and even today, uh, back to the River and Niles because it's warm. The visibility is outstanding, minimum five feet. And again, you got to understand around here, the winter is the best time for the for the rivers. But to get five plus, and I'm being conservative, I said five, probably five to ten. Unless you're downstream of my flippers, then you <laughs> then you have none. Uh, but the, the the visibility is great. You don't have to do anything outstanding. You got your grubbing gloves on, uh, and the hunting's been pretty good. 
Yeah, uh, by the photos. So if you head on to the mudclub.scubaobsess.com website and click on treasures, you'll see uh, the pickings from the day uh, that Mac and team have pulled up and some amazing bottles. What was the date on that one bottle? Uh, 1890. 1890. You're finding bottles from 1890. Well, in Europe, that might be young. For us here, that's a very nice age to be finding bottles. Yeah, that's still quite be... old in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so some some great diving. It makes me excited. I want to get back into that, uh, do some river diving. So, you know, getting, now I don't feel so bad getting blown off the lake if we know we can. Because five to six feet for me in a river, that's fine. You don't need much more than that. Like you said, anything down down from us is going to have no visibility. So that, that'll be good. Now, plus, I don't know if I've ever gone in the river when it's been uh, warm. At least, I mean, diving. I've, we go. We use the river a lot for swimming. But parts of the river we go swimming in, the visibility would be nothing. Inches, not feet. Well, the nice part here is uh, the current's down. Uh, so five feet with no current is, is excellent. Uh, you know, like last year when the current was up a bit, you really need a little bit of visibility or you don't want to dive where you haven't dove before because of the snag hazard. Right. You don't want to be in there with those trees and not know where the trees are and get snagged in fast current. Well, and, and for us, like you said, that river bottom has changed. So the same spot of the river is a new spot now. Yeah, that's, that's the, it was surprising when I got down there. I mean, the bikes are down there. There's a new one down there we hadn't seen before. That gang box is still there. Shopping cart that's totally submerged. Uh, I haven't got any further down because the hunting's been so good. Oh, yeah, you're, just, you're just getting it all in before Jim and I can get down there. Well, that's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm leaving a lot of stuff for you guys, though. Yeah, you're, you're, some of the stuff you leave is pretty good. I, I love when, when I pull something out that he left, and, and he's like, wait, that has an emboss on it? <laughs> well, I, I don't like to leave the emboss stuff for you, but uh, anything I, else, you can have the paint James anytime. Well, I, I'm still working. I want to get my complete set of beer bottles that I can have refilled. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe I can I can finish that up. Plus, you were finding some great milk bottles. You know, not super detailed emboss, but still nice bottles nonetheless. Yeah, we, we've got a couple of good uh, medicine bottles which we were really liking out of uh, out of Berrien Springs because they were, uh, I, I'm trying to remember, it was 1842 is when that first established the drugstore. And uh, I think the, the bottle we had, had uh 1884, hmm. and the people who owned the store, meaning their, their relatives or their uh, that was a That was Kephart, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's still there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We... we It'd be interesting to talk to some of the, the family members and about it. Uh, I know a George Cuphart who is related. But, uh, yeah. Not that, to mention, I think one of the guys, uh, there was a three-foot sturgeon on the same side of the river we were at the same day. We didn't see him, but the fishermen did. So there's some big fish out there. Very interesting. And then, then after the show, Mac, I'll have to fill you in on some uh, scouting details I found out on a, on a few spots. Excellent. I'll so. share some other stuff with you then. Yeah, yep, some other stuff. So it looks like we'll have some uh, good dive opportunities coming out this week. Oh, absolutely. Either either the lake or the river. I mean, right now the river is really, really nice. And, again, if I can get Mary Beth, uh, that's one of our newer divers in, uh, I think, you know, break her in right. <laughs> Not too many weeds and get her hooked on finding stuff. That's great. That is great. Well, let's see. What else do we have on the agenda? We've covered the news. We've done the... Uh, the dives from the last week. This next week we'll get some in. 
I don't know. You got, you got anything else you want to plug before we, we get to that time of the show? I really should. I hey, it's, it's August. If you don't get out there now, when you're going to get wet. And we're really broadcasting, yeah, so I'll take anybody who wants to go diving with us. Come on out and hit the river. So that's my two cents. You, you, you've heard Mac, so uh, you can email us at the show, and we'll put you in contact. Plus, we've had some people who have... Uh, who've expressed interest, but then we don't hear from them again. So uh, send us another email. We can forward it on to Mac if you want to go. We had some people from Holland who said they would come down, but uh, you've got to get with us and be around us to go diving. It's hard to dive from a distance. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Claire, you had something that you wanted to plug? Yeah, I should actually. I've spoken here a few times. I should actually plug the dive center where I work. Yes, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, I work at Ocean College. Ocean College is the dive center where I work in uh, Sharm and Sheikh. And yeah, we've got three dive centres based here in the three sort of main areas of Sham. And uh, you can book online by the website. Just put Ocean College into Google and you'll find us. Yes, and uh, I don't know, have you been on since uh, we had that email from Julian? No. No, we had uh, somebody who actually had gone diving with you. With uh, me? Yeah, he said, uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I found it when reading the Dive Bunny blog as my family and I did open water in Egypt last year. And Claire was our guide. We did some fun dives after certification. Since we have done our advanced water, uh, advanced open water back here in the UK, which is significantly colder and darker than the Red Sea. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine so. And they said, listening to your latest podcast, you mentioned you had Google Plus invites. I'm keen to try it out, which we sent him on a Google Plus invite. If you need an invite to Google Plus, let us know. But that was Julian. So he had actually had a dive, a chance to dive with you and in Egypt. So doubly oh, jealous he gets great. to go out there and do that. <laughs> oh, well, we're oh, here in this right. chilly Midwest water. Do you know what I did find out this week? I hadn't noticed really too much on our website now that you say that. Yes. Down at the bottom right corner where you can you know, where it identifies where you're from, if you click. Yeah. I didn't realize we had so many people from so many countries. Well, certainly, yeah. yeah. I mean, we obviously have Egypt, Italy. We even have people from South America. Yoo-hoo! And China. Yeah. I was looking at that. I was, yeah. I was getting impressed. Yeah. And those are the ones who Hawaii, just... Go ahead. Is that Hawaii? There's one right in the middle of the Pacific. Yes. <laughs> well, I, and also there's one in the middle of the Atlantic. I, I'm wondering if that's like the... Uh, the British Virgin Islands or Bahamas, maybe? Yeah, if you go, because we've got. Just like today, it's got, um, just from the day itself, we had uh, the Netherlands, Auckland, New Zealand, uh, well, Delaware, and that's too far away. Cairo, well, Cairo is, it's like, it was quite interesting. I'm still looking for Samoa, but still, this yep. is pretty decent. I like this. Yeah, we're really getting some visitors, and that is just for visiting the website. So visit either websites, that automatically puts you on there. And then we like you to place your own pin on one of the maps, and how you do that is you go to Scuba Obsessed, you, you mouse over the About button, go down to Scuba Obsessed Fans, and we got links to how you can go and place your pin on the Scuba Obsessed Fan Map, and that is what we call our premium members. So you go ahead and place your pin on there. And that's uh, what all the really obsessed divers do. And uh, we've got quite a few of them have placed their pins. So it's interesting. That's it. Now, what we'll have to do over time, I've got some ideas on making this as a way of, of uh, meeting up with other scuba obsessed divers. So I'll be something there coming up. I got, I got so much stuff I'm working on. It's absolutely nuts. 
And then Max trying to get me to dive tomorrow, so I'm going to have to take off some more work. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So uh, are, are we ready for that time of the show? I think we put it off as long as we can. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't find any, any other reasons to lay it any farther. So so here we go. And, and I'll warn you, this one, it's not blue, but it's a little riskier than we typically do. So uh, you know, hopefully we don't insult anybody, but if we do, oh, what the heck. So. Here we go. A scuba diver trying to drop a few pounds calls a weight loss company and orders their five-day, 10-pound weight loss program. The next day, there's a knock at the door, and there stands before him a voluptuous, athletic 19-year-old babe dressed in nothing but a pair of Nike running shoes and a sign around her neck. She introduces herself as a representative from the weight loss company. The sign reads, If you can catch me, you can have me. Without a second thought, he takes off after her. A few miles later, huffing and puffing, he finally gives up. The same girl shows up the next four days, and the same thing happens. On the fifth day, he weighs himself, and he's delighted he's to find out he's lost 10 pounds as promised. He calls the company and orders their five-day, 20-pound program. The next day, there's a knock at the door, and there stands before him the most stunning and beautiful woman he has ever seen in his entire life. She's wearing nothing but Reebok running shoes and a sign around her neck that reads, If you can catch me, you can have me. Well, he's out the door like a shot. This girl's in excellent shape and as he does his best, but no such luck. For the next four days, the same routine happens with him gradually getting better and better shape. Much to his delight, on the fifth day, he weighs himself and discovers he's lost another 20 pounds as promised. He decides to go for broke and calls the company to order the seven-day, 50-pound program. Are you sure, asks the representative of the phone. It's our most, most rigorous program we have. Absolutely replied. I haven't felt this good in years. The next day, there's a knock at the door. When he opens the door, he finds this huge, muscular guy there wearing nothing but pink running shoes and a sign around his neck that reads, If I catch you, you're mine. (laughs) (laughs) He lost 62 pounds that week. That was a good one. You can tell I'm digging farther in the bottom of the barrel. I, I, I can lose a few pounds. I'm not sure if that's quite the program for me, though. I, door, door number one, door number two first. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, go out there and get wet. And safe. And have some fun diving. Take care. Call Cordy has...